strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800 State Farm. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's gonna be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Well, we already have bad news from Thursday night football, Ron Wolfley. What's that, Bolly? Zach Ertz scored. Early touchdown catch by Zach Ertz, and the price just went up. You got I a mean, fantasy team, Paul? No, 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 there's no fantasy. I'm talking about Steve Kime. I'm talking about Steve Kime oh. making a trade for Zach Ertz. And, you know, the price keeps going up when Zach Ertz keep make, he keeps making plays and getting into the end zone for the Philadelphia Eagles. Paulie, I did not hear that story that Steve Kime was all over Zach Ertz. Interesting. No, or I'm just are you just supposing? <laughs> I'm 100% speculating. Okay, there you go. Yeah, like I was doing in August when, uh, you know, I thought maybe that might go down in August. Well, you know what? Here in October, <laughs> there might really be reason here on the Big Red Rage, Paul Calvisi and one birthday boy, Rumble. Oh, will you stop it, please? Stop it, Wolf. I mean, um, your whole Twitter feed is littered with thank you, bro, whatever. and uh, happy birthdays here and there. I mean, <laughs> so, uh, you know, you've, you've made it very public, Wolf, with the birthday. How, Paul, how, I did not do anything, and you know it. You know, look at me, look at me. Uh, how are you doing here? on your birthday you know what Polly? i'm doing okay right now a little hungry as you would imagine right i mean it is the dinner hour right now right. and it is my birthday and therefore we will have a birthday dinner when nice. i get done and Polly, i believe there's going to be some gumbo i believe there's going to be some jambalaya and Polly, it's not going to surprise you but there's going to be some dirty rice once upon a time, you left the AZ for Cleveland and never came back. The Arizona Cardinals are going to Cleveland uh, this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to a guy here momentarily who's definitely put down a birthday dinner or three, Zach Allen, all 285 pounds of him. What a game he had against those 49ers. Ron Wolfley, what did you learn about your Arizona Cardinals in that victory against the 49ers? I heard one network analyst say, I didn't know the Arizona Cardinals could win ugly. Yes, you know what? That was my thought, Polly, right there. The resiliency that they showed. The Arizona Cardinals won a game of toughness. For me right now, I will tell you, Polly, this was my favorite victory over the 49ers. It was. For a couple of reasons, granted. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to look at the Rams and say, "Oh, come on, Wolf. They beat the best team in the league. At the time, the Rams were considered to be the best team in the National Football League, and they went out and thrashed them and SoFi Stadium. And for me, I will tell you right now, yeah, that was that was a great win. No doubt about it. But they They played so well in all three phases, offensively, defensively, and in transition with special teams. To me, against the 49ers, another division foe against the 49ers where you didn't play well. How do you how do you do then? Do you go out and still find a way to win a game? The Cardinals struggled. They fought themselves in that game, and yet somehow, 
some way, they found just enough, enough to make plays and win the game. Yeah, the Niners, with a rookie quarterback making his first ever NFL start, actually had more total yards than the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. And it's not just us using that four-letter word. Here's Kyler Murray after the win. You're not going to score 30 every weekend, but, you know, it, we, we got the win. You know, it was uh, tough to watch, but it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. You know, there's a lot to look forward to, a lot to, that we could have been better at. I don't look at it as a negative so much. And, you know, obviously after the game it feels like that, but um, when you watch it and go back and look at it, there's a lot of things to be excited about because we can be so much better. And he used the word ugly yes. at different times in that press conference. And look, you're 5-0 and for the first time since 1974. There's nothing ugly about that. We get it. <laughs> but, but Wolf, any hallmark of any winning team in any sport, it's different names at different times in different ways. Yeah. This was a different way to win a game. No longer can you shut down the Cardinals, for example, shut down a D-hop and have no other options. We've seen that earlier. In this case, you saw a Cardinals team that struggled on offense, but yeah. guess what? The defense came out and gave up a single touchdown. Do you realize that's the first time in over two years the San Francisco 49ers have been held to 10 points or fewer? So for all the backup quarterbacks that Kyle Shannon and his used and all the fifth and sixth string running backs, he always finds a way to put a lot of points on the board, yes. not against the Cardinals. No, you're right about that, Paulie. But I have to tell you right now, too, listen, um, you need your best players to play their best when it matters the most. And I am sorry. I'm going to go back to the midway, actually halfway through the fourth quarter, where the Arizona Cardinals took over the ball, and suddenly it was the Kyler Murray-DeAndre Hopkins show. Yep. Right, Paulie? I mean, these guys, would you say those are big names, Paul, in the National Football League? When in doubt, just throw it up, right? Exactly right. They started to make plays, Paulie, when it mattered the most. And suddenly, back-to-back plays by Kyler Murray and D-Hop. And suddenly, you had a a critical game-winning touchdown. Cardinals get the win, but they lose their starting center, Rodney Hudson. He exited that game in the second half with a rib injury, and he is going to be out for this week. So those are some big shoes to fill. In fact, here's Cliff Kingsbury talking about Max Garcia. Guess what? You're up. Yeah, really proud of Max stepping in there. Uh, I don't know if it's possible to fill Rodney's shoes. He brings so much to the table. Um, but Max, you know, last week played great, stepped in this week, and really uh, helped us win that game. There you go, Cliff Kingsbury, after the game. Uh, if you go to azcardinals.com, you can read a story by Darren Urban. It's really insightful on just how close Max Garcia was to quitting the game after that torn ACL when he played for Vance Joseph in Denver. And, and But he is back. And I tell you what, Wolf, uh, based on how he filled in earlier in the season and then what I saw in the second half against the Niners, he's not going to have the acumen of a Rodney Hudson mm-hmm. or the experience at center. But, man, does he bring an edge. He plays with some nasty. Yeah. And so at least they have that up front and, and, and with, with, with the rest of the O-line around him and then Kyler Murray's you know, elusiveness, uh, we'll see how that goes against Cleveland and what is a very stout defensive front. Yeah, Paul, it really is. I mean, this is the strength of this football team, that being the Cleveland Browns, their defensive line. Boy, does that sound familiar, doesn't it? Based on the 49ers and just going through the 49ers game and what the 49ers bring to the table with that defense, in particular their defensive line, Paulie, that's the strength of that team and it sets the tone 
for the 49ers as well, especially when they have a rookie quarterback out there competing. The Cleveland Browns are exactly the same way. Oh my goodness, Paulie, you look at this defense, and it's very, very similar. A 4-3 scheme, just like the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of cover three principles. Close the middle of the field, play three deep, four underneath, rush four. They don't they, they don't feel like they need to bring a ton of guys after you very much like the San Francisco 49ers once again. And it will be no surprise to you, Paul, that Joe Woods, Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns, coached under Robert Sala in mm. 2019 as the DB coach and passing game coordinator, defensive passing game coordinator for the Cleveland Browns under Robert Sell in 2019. Do you think he picked up the phone and actually had a conversation with the 49ers coaching staff on what they did defensively to Kyler Murray? Say yes, Paul, because he did. Trust we, me on that. And we know. You'll see it till you beat it. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of the same principles. And look, it was a Cleveland team – that led 27-13, and then they got decimated on defense, especially their cornerback position group. Yep. They were down to their fourth and fifth string corners, and they got torched by Justin Herbert and the Chargers in that fourth quarter as the Chargers put up 26 points in the fourth quarter, and the Browns ended up losing 47-42. And uh, their first team in NFL history, by the way, to lose a game when you scored 40-plus, you had more than 500 total yards of offense, zero turnovers, that stat is now 401 and one. The Browns, the first team to lose in that fashion. And Wolf, uh, do yourself a favor. Don't look at the injury report for either side in this game because you might lose your appetite for your yeah. birthday dinner. No, you're right about that, Paulie. But trust me on this: the best defense for the Arizona Cardinals will be their offense. Zach Allen, speaking of defense, is next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Fourth and goal on the one, 11.34 to go in the half, 7-0 Cardinals for now. Lance in the pistol, Mitchell behind him, now Lance comes under center, takes the snap, rolls to the right, Lance running, being chased by Chandler Jones, Lance hit at the goal line, and he did not get in, oh what a hit by Isaiah Simmons, a huge collision at the goal line, bodies are everywhere, but the 49ers aren't in the end zone. The Cardinals take over on downs again. Sometimes you're the pinata, and sometimes you're the stick. And I believe right now, Trey Lance is leaking candy from his shoulder pads. That's a great call right there on a great play, maybe the key play in that game, that Cardinals win 17-10 against the 49ers. Not once, not twice. Five different times the Niners went for it. On fourth down, they only made it once. And that is the first time in 40-plus years in the NFL that one team has generated four stops on fourth downs in one game. So when Cliff Kingsbury said after the game, I've never seen that before, well, that's why. And you heard the reaction from Passion Wolf, Ron Wolf, yours truly, Paul Calvisi. So, Wolf, you want to play NFL football and make the big bucks. Well, yeah, yeah, that's why those guys get paid – the big cash because you know what sometimes there's a big price to pay in playing the game yeah that was awesome right there paulie especially that fourth and one right there where the rookie trey lance got lit up i mean just watching tanner vallejo and it was really isaiah simmons at the bottom of it tanner vallejo was definitely right in the mix of it right in the middle of it as well but that collision 
I could actually hear that collision up in the booth, Paul. Wham! The It was stunning. But, Paulie, I have to go back to third and one. Go back to the play that was before that. That fourth and one that everyone saw. Trey Lance, Isaiah Simmons, huge collision right there. Go back to the play before that. On third and one, the 49ers got into the I formation, and they tried to run the sprint pass to the left of Trey 99? Lance. What, Paulie? Was that 99? Now, listen, it was 99, but they tried to run the sprint pass to the left where the fullback goes out in the flat. Kyle Juszczyk runs at the end man in the line of scrimmage, whom was Marcus Golden, and then tries to slip by him and get in the flat. The tight end runs the corner. I'm telling you right now, it was Marcus Golden who foiled the third and one because he hammered Kyle Juszczyk. Totally hammered him, and then suddenly he was out in the flat, and that's where J.J. Watt actually got the pressure on him. It was the third and one that set up the fourth and one, Paul. Well, that was an unbelievable sequence for the Cardinals' D. If Trey Lance hadn't had his welcome to the NFL moment yet, that was definitely it. As we say, welcome to the Big Red Rage to Zach Allen, who joins us now. And, uh, Zach, uh, you tell us, uh, where were you? On that fourth down stop, Isaiah Simmons, Tanner Vallejo, Chandler Jones coming in there all to clean up and deny Trey Lance at the goal line. Were you actually on the field, or did you have a front row seat on the white stripe? No, I was. Uh, I had a front row seat. I was. Uh, we were in goal line uh, personnel, and uh, the minute that play happened, I mean, you definitely could feel the whole energy of the game change on the sideline, on the field, and uh, it really was a special play. Zach, that's the great thing about the game of football, isn't it? You can feel momentum, and that was a huge momentum shift right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no question about it. I mean, that whole game, it was, you know, I think once it always like seemed like that play kind of, you know, gave us this, like, you know, belief that no matter what, you know, we're going to, we can hold our own. And especially when you can do that against a division rival, it's, uh, it's, it's it's huge for not just that game, but I think for the rest of the season. You know, I asked your defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, today about the Niners going forward on fourth down five times. He said, you know what, I wasn't really surprised. I wasn't shocked. But he was adamant that he has the advantage in those situations, that in his words, he can do more on his play sheet to stop it than opposing offenses can do to execute it and get those short yardage situations. What do you think about that? And, and you could tell he sort of stood up in his seat a little bit. I mean, when a team's going for it on fourth down, you guys take that a little personal, don't you, on defense? Yeah, especially from, you know, a fourth and one, fourth and two, you kind of understand. And, you know, also I think they were running those more kind of midfielder in the red zone area. But when you're doing a fourth and five, yeah, you definitely take that personally. And I don't care what the analytics say, you know, as a defense. You know, it's uh, we expect to win those, and, uh, you know, luckily we did. Zach, talk to us about how the season is going for you personally. Not talking about the team, of course. I'm talking about you personally. How's the season going? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously not being injured for the preseason games uh, didn't help. Uh, so I feel like I kind of used those first three games as kind of kind of like my preseason uh, um you know, Tennessee kind of got my feet under me, and obviously, it's it's you're lucky to get your feet under you when you're when you go three and zero, and it's not like you know you're losing games and trying to you know scramble to figure it out. Um, and then, 
Yeah, I think it really started to kind of click. And Jacksonville made a couple plays, but a little inconsistent. And then uh, I think it clicked with the Rams. I mean, statistically, it doesn't look. But I felt from like a technique standpoint and just, uh, you know, like my pass rushes, I was I was definitely doing, you know, good things. And, you know, the run, it was going away from me, but I felt like, you know, I was playing the blocks. And, you know, those scoop blocks are probably the hardest for – a three technique, I was playing them as well as, you know, I ever have and as well as you can, really. Um, but I felt like after that game, I was like, okay, now that I got, you know, I figured it out, I want to definitely, you know, work on finishing. So that was a big emphasis of mine last week. And I think it kind of obviously this past game versus the 49ers, um, I think, you know, I approved on that. But I still think there's uh, still more on the table. And obviously when you play with great players like J.J., Chandler, Marcus, Corey, Rashard, Lecky, you know, it's, uh, you're going to have opportunities to have one-on-ones and it's your job to win those. So, Well, you ended up with a sack, five tackles, two tackles for loss, a quarterback hit. Of course, we all remember your game against the Eagles week 15 a year ago where you had 11 tackles, six solo, a sack, one and a half tackles for loss, the QB hit, the pass defense. How do those two rank? I mean, in your power pole of NFL performances, those have to be one too, right? Yeah, I think statistically, definitely. Um, yeah, I definitely was, uh, you know, those are probably two of the ones that I remember. And I think also this one, I think, you know, is pretty special for me just because it's against a division opponent and, I, and going against a great player like Trent Williams. Um, you know, I think that, that definitely, you know, gave me some more confidence that, you know, I belong in this league and, you know, uh, knock on wood, I can do it for a long time. You know, you guys are number six in points allowed, number six, giving up 19 points a game. Talk to me a little bit about your defense and what you guys are doing well as a defense right now. What are the common denominators in these five games that you guys have played? Where are you playing well, Zach? Yeah, I think the big thing for us defensively is, you know, this is year three with under Vance and then, uh, uh, for a lot of us, I mean, obviously, you know, there's been, you know, when you get a guy like J.J. Watt, but he's really, I mean, if you look defensively, besides him and Zayn, I mean, Hang on here. We might have lost him. Might have lost him. Boy, that is and, so rough right there, boys. Hanging right on it there. You know what, though? That's something we don't cite enough. This is year three under Vance Joseph. And, yeah, yes. there's some there's some newcomers, but there are also some young guys who are in year two of the system who are definitely part of the rotation. So there's no longer a learning curve. I mean, J.J. Watt, who was in a very similar system with Vance Joseph in Houston, he's able to come right in. I mean, he's J.J. Watt for Pete's sake. But, Zach, like you were saying, there's no longer that learning curve, right? I mean, guys are just fully immersed in V.J.'s system. Yeah, and also, too, I think that we've all been around each other. There's definitely a, uh, a big-time accountability factor where I think guys aren't afraid to call people out for messing up or making mistakes. It's, you know, we have a job to do, and we're going to do it to the highest ability. And, you know, we were saying from uh, the beginning of OTAs, you know, Super Bowl or bust, and I think guys genuinely believe that, especially when you looked at the guys that were in that meeting room. And uh, it hasn't wavered. And, you know, even though we are doing well and we've won all of our games, you know, I think we've done a great job of focusing on the next week. But last year and my my rookie year, it seemed like when we won games, it was like the end-all, be-all. Like, you know, like it it was as if we won the Super Bowl because we weren't used to 
used to that position. But now there definitely is a, a different standard and um, different expectations, and it, it very it's really businesslike. But also, I mean, this is the most fun that I bet you if you ask anybody on our defense that these guys have had playing playing defense. I mean, it's we have a great group of guys and the camaraderie is as close as it can be. So. Um, it really is a special thing. Zach, for me, just listening to you talk, you use the A word, accountability. And I know that there are people that are listening right now, and they they hear that word thrown around a lot, accountability. And, oh, it's part of your culture. And, and accountability, can you put into words what that really looks like and what that really means for people that are listening right now? What that accountability means and just how important it truly is inside that locker room yeah i think uh you know the the way i knew that we had accountability and the way that i knew that we were going to be special is where it seemed like guys say they you know it 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 wasn't like i'm playing football you know for money or to get these great stats it was you know our defensive linemen were playing because i want you know to keep offensive linemen off my linebackers if you know Jordan Hicks doesn't get touched by an offensive lineman today that's I know I did my job well and if I mess up I expect not to just get yelled at by Jordan but I want the whole D line like you should be it almost is like you know you're ashamed and you're disappointed in yourself yes. um, I think we do a, guys definitely understand what the standard is and we want to hold it. it doesn't matter you know if you're a starter or not you want to definitely um you know, just just keep it going, and I think that's what's been great. You know, I think we have a lot of depth and a lot of guys who understand that, and that's why we can play so many different people and so many different paths. So um, it definitely is a very special group. It's amazing. We heard it after the win in Tennessee when Christian Kirk said, yeah, we're not letting stuff slide this year. We're policing that internally in the locker room. We've heard it every single week. We just heard it from you. We heard it from DJ Humphreys two days ago when he said, you know what, this team reminds me of my rookie year 2015, the team that went to the NFC Championship where guys weren't afraid to walk up on each other and tell them, look, you're doing this wrong. We need more out of you here. It's that ability of the locker room to take care of of itself so that is astounding to keep hearing that there's no doubt that's definitely rippling behind the scenes stuff we don't see what we do see zach is the fact the cleveland browns lead the nfl in the following categories total rush yards yards per game rushing yards per carry rushing touchdowns rushing first downs and explosive runs as well in fact here's vance joseph on that cleveland run game to beat this team is to contain the run game i think they're first you know with uh, 185 a game they're first in carries, they're first in attempts, they're first in explosive runs, they're first in every run category in the league right now. And it's, uh, it's fun to watch because it's, it's, it's old school football, burns the clock, and obviously with our offense, his goal should be to burn the clock and keep Kyler off the field. How different is this going to be versus a Sean McVay and a Kyle Shanahan, this old school football that Vance calls it? Yeah, I think it's old school just in the sense that the, like the personnel, I think they do they do a lot of like, three tight ends on the field or two tight ends, two, like two backs, um, which, and then, you know, they're, they got their, their tight ends and their backs are such great athletes that you can make it look like, you know, a 10 personnel or 11 personnel look. So uh, I think that's going to definitely be a challenge. I think um, the run game, honestly, it all kind of, uh, it seems like a lot of the, the NFL run game kind of comes from the Shanahan coaching tree. So um it's, you know, it's kind of similar to what we have seen. Obviously, you know, every team's got different things, but 
um, you know, I think we've, we've got a really good plan. I think, you know, we've had a really good week of practice and guys are definitely coming in and working hard and understanding it. And it's, I'm excited to, to get, get to work. And, you know, I hope it, you know, it's pouring in Cleveland. I hope it's cold. I hope, you know, the wind <laughs> off the river, you know, make it, I wanted to, you know, I need a good old fashioned, you know, gritty, gritty, you know, this West coast, you know, I love the weather, but it's, I definitely am getting spoiled because I'm wearing sweatshirts and it's, you know, <laughs> degrees out here and I'm from Connecticut and Boston. So, yeah, Zach, oh, I'm not sure you can awesome, handle dude. it. You better be careful what you wish for. I mean, your blood's much thinner when you, <laughs> than when you were at Boston College now, Zach. You sure about this? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we practice at like 7.30 in the morning when it's the coldest. So uh, we've been getting a little bit of work in, but I doubt it's uh, you know anything like what it, it could be. So many more questions for you, Zach. Thank you for hanging around. We really do appreciate it right there. But, Polly, I will tell you right now, one of those questions is just how often baker mayfield is under center Mm. and i'll tell you what we will get a question and answer on the sack dance as well okay (laughs) single game tickets are on sale now go to azcardinals.com slash game ticks that's azcardinals.com slash game t-i-x i can't believe i forgot to ask jj watt how a sack dance had been received in the d-line room today so we ask zach allen next on the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert Second down and 16 on the Arizona 40. Three receivers set, two to the right. Shotgun snap, lands the throw from the pocket. Now steps up, gets hit by Zach Allen and sack at the 46-yard line. Big number 94 has made a couple plays here today. The loss of about six. Well, I have no idea what kind of sack dance he was doing right there, but I really don't care. Zach Allen comes inside underneath McGlinchey and gets a sack. Sack dance. Does it have a name? Was it premeditated? Was it in the moment? How spontaneous was it? Please explain. Nah, I'm a white boy, so I got to keep it within the frame. So for me, you know, I just try to do that. I've been doing that since BC. You know, it worked. I got a beautiful girlfriend, so I'm going to keep on doing it. All right, there you go. That was moments after the game, after Zach Allen's big game and the big win against the 49ers. Zach Allen is our guest, Wolf, here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. See, Wolf, is your sideline reporter. Yeah. I'm a full-service guy. You wondered on the air, so we asked after the game. Uh, Zach Allen's here in person if you want to ask him about it. Like, for example, how, how is your sack dance received in, in the defensive meeting rooms? Like, uh, say, compared to, like, Dennis Gardak and a couple of – a couple of sack dances he busted out last year that had us all wondering what exactly we were looking at. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got mixed reactions. I'll say it's like 50-50. Like, I know, like, Isaiah Simmons and uh, Byron Murphy, they absolutely love it. So, obviously, <laughs> you know, I got they're, they're in my corner. But uh, J.J. and uh, Coach Buck, they, uh, they are strongly against it, and they're not afraid to voice that opinion. So, um, you know, it's kind of like that Will Ferrell clip. Uh, quote, you know, it keeps the people going. It's provocative. So, um, you know, I think I think I'm going to ride with it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm just more focused well, on getting the sacks, and then, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the heat of the moment. You know, Zach, maybe it's that old saying: if it's too loud, you're too old. So, see, the younger guys <laughs> dig it. It's the older guys who don't like it. Yeah, I know. I've been reminding JJ every single day that you know he's uh, he's closer to 40 than he is to 20. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Murph and uh, and and uh, Isaiah on that one. I had I just cracked up when you said you had to keep it in the frame, man. <laughs> I love I that. That was well. great, Zach. Um, listen, what? Why do you think 
Think about the Cleveland Browns right now. Think about their offense. Why do you think they put Baker Mayfield under center in rundown situations as much as they do? Well, I think uh, anytime you can put the quarterback under center, I mean, it always there's always a level of uncertainty. I think when a quarterback's in shotgun, the ball, you know, if they're going to run the ball, it can only really go one way. It can really only go, you know, opposite of the running back. So I think defenses now have become smarter and they start to play for that. Um, I mean, there's only so much same side uh, running out of shotgun that you can do. But when your quarterback's under center, I mean, it's a lot of teams. I mean, if you look at like a tendency chart, it's pretty much 50-50, you know, left, right, or, you know, wherever it's going to go. So I, it definitely is an effective tool. And I think that was the biggest adjustment for me and uh, coming from college. Because in college, everything's from shotgun because everybody wants to either air it out or run the read option. But in the NFL, I mean, it's a completely different run game. So I think for young D lineman, it definitely takes, you know, a couple of years to, to truly understand it um, compared to, you know, you see, you know, skill players that kind of hit the, hit the ground running more often um, compared to, you know, offensive and defensive linemen. Interesting. Speaking of linemen, they are really banged up on their offensive line. They're likely to be missing their two starting tackles. Their starting center, J.C. Treader, hasn't practiced, although that's sort of the norm. He tends to play even without practicing. What does that mean for you guys if you're seeing a whole collection of backups? Yeah, I mean, it really you kind of treat it the same way. Um, I mean, we look more at the scheme. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, all offensive linemen in this, in this league, there's a reason why, you know, they're they're in the NFL. They can, you know, they, they can block. So, for us, we're more looking at the scheme, and we're going to give them the respect. I mean, obviously, if you look at the numbers, as you, you mentioned before, I mean, the rushing attack is very dangerous, and it doesn't really matter who's there. Um, you know, we, we got to respect them, and we got to play uh, very focused or else, uh, you know, they can embarrass us. So that's kind of the mindset that we're taking right now. I know that Nick Chubb did not play uh, practice today, and I know that Kareem Hunt did not practice today either, but I'll ask you this. What's harder to tackle, Nick Chubb or a fire hydrant? Uh, you know, you could. there's a good case to make for a fire hydrant <laughs> or uh, for Nick Chubb. So, you know, it, he uh, – we were <laughs> – there's times when you're watching the tape and, you know, you're just seeing him just carry three, four people and you're just, you know, you're dying laughing because it's just like, you know, that's just, you know, that's just a special gift that, you know, he has. I mean, it's you really can't coach that. So um, there's a reason why, you know, I think people consider him a top three, top five back in the NFL and Kareem Hunt's right up there with him. So um, the fact that they have two guys of that of that caliber is is uh, is ridiculous. Um, and it's definitely going to be a challenge, but yeah, they uh, they both are you know terrific backs. Well, look, when this game came out, everyone circled it. Buddha, you know, uh, Buddha Baker was talking about it with us on the schedule release show here on the Big Red Rage, right? And and there's a game within the game. The two Heisman winners who used to share a quarterback room in Oklahoma, of course, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. And uh, here was Buddha when the schedule came out earlier this off season, and what he had to say here on the Big Red Rage. Well, yeah, Baker Mayfield, a guy who's definitely has showed up and showed who Baker Mayfield 
can be and he's a great QB and I'm definitely excited to go against him too I've never played in Cleveland so you know yeah oh, thank okay. goodness it's mid-October yeah, exactly We're Although, still Buddha, We're I, still I actually good. played there two years 92 93 okay <laughs> before I was born yeah <laughs> dang I wasn't That's even you thought of just yet you're yeah. brutal yeah. so yeah. brutal yeah I'm not going to take the blame on that, Wolf. Our producer, Jim Omohundro, felt the need on your birthday to bust Boy, out that cut, by the way. No fooling. Just why don't you no. have a sumo wrestler kick me right in the cradle? <laughs> Just, <it's> a, <laughs> but Tell us about Baker and what he looks like and, and what you have to worry about with Baker Mayfield because he will pull it and run it if needed, right? Yeah, he's uh, definitely a dual threat. Um, I think, you know, some people, uh, if you watch the tape, I don't think people really give him enough due, but – he definitely is a good athlete. Um, he definitely, you know, has a very strong arm. And, you know, he really kind of gets that whole offense going. You can tell that they rally behind him. Uh, you know, obviously, Heisman winner, he has this just confidence. And whoever plays with him, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, they kind of feed off of that, too. I remember even just watching him in college and the NFL. I mean, he's like the – you definitely want him on your team. Like, he's like the perfect teammate. But, like, for, like, an opponent, like, they just hate it. They're just like, oh, you know, because – it's just the way he rallies the troops. So um, it's definitely going to be uh, uh, difficult to play him. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're excited for the challenge. And, yeah, I didn't even, you know, put two and two together when we were playing it, the two Heismans from Oklahoma back-to-back years. Because uh, I, I kept on walking to the meal room. And I was looking on the TV. I'm like, wow, they're really talking a lot about this Cardinals-Browns game. I'm like, you know, what the – you know, on ESPN, NFL Network, it's all over the place. And I was like – Oh, when uh, I think Kyler uh, was uh, teasing uh, Baker, I was like, okay, now I get it now. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of drama in the Heisman house if you've seen the commercials, right? Because Kyler and Baker oh, were rooming yeah. together because Barry Sanders <laughs> wanted out of Baker's room, the whole thing, you know. And look, don't forget, for real, though, for real in 2019, obviously there was the matchup. Obviously Kyler beat Baker, so you got to figure he's, he's seething and has been looking forward to the rematch because this is what went down after the Cardinals' victory out on the field. You good? You good, bro? Yeah, give me that. Oh, yeah, you're gonna have to you're do it. You gotta it. No, you're gonna have to do it. You gotta have to eat this one. I still hate you. It's all good. I got bragging rights, bro. That was the jersey swap between still the two former you. teammates out of midfield, Wolf. <laughs> That was great right there. It really was to see that. I mean, it just shows you the affection these guys have for each other. When you say that, still hate you. You know, I mean, honestly, what that is is I love you, of course. That's what it comes down to. It's so cool. It's one of the best things about the locker room and what the locker room is all about. And, Zach, you know all about that. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I think my favorite matchups this year when I get to go against old college teammates and, you know, I've already – was able to play against uh, Harold Landry, who is uh, one of my good friends in uh, Tennessee. And the fact that we won and won the way we did, uh, definitely, uh, you know, I can, uh, I'm going to use that every time I see him. So, By the way, uh, I was going to say, Corey Peters' Kentucky team is 6-0 and and like the highest ranking in like 100 years. Is he insufferable in the D-line room right now? How much are you hearing about his alma mater, Corey Peters in Kentucky? Oh, we, uh, we've been hyping up Kentucky just to get uh, Rashard Lawrence angry, especially after last week. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, whenever Rashard gets angry and see because he was talking about, oh, we're going to go 10-3, and three, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And they're like, okay, yeah, you guys might not win a game the rest of the year. And, you know, for UK to embarrass them, I mean, we're uh, – we're trying to get Richard to wear that Kentucky blue sometime this week, so it's uh, it's going to happen, I think. So expect a picture uh, relatively soon. But um, yeah, they got a tough one against Georgia this week, so I don't know how well that's going to go. But 
We'll see. Yeah, Polly, never forget the law of the locker room, Polly. The guys that you love, you just rip them <laughs> every day, all day. You can't rip them enough. The guys that the, that you love, the guys that you don't really get along with, you just kind of leave them alone, Paul. By the way, J.J. Watt's been in a bad mood for like two or three weeks, and it's a good thing, this bad mood, I believe, Zach, because, man, has he been unstoppable. So, you know what? I, I, I'm i looking forward to him keeping that up, having, having that edge. That's been good. The two of you are quite a tandem against the 49ers, and, yeah, you're going to have your hands full in Cleveland based on this top-ranked rushing attack. So, all the best, and, Zach, we always love having you on. Thanks for the time. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Zach. All the best to the dog as well. I know the dog's looking forward to when, you know, you get home every evening. So there you go. And uh, we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray back to throw on second and nine. In trouble, moves to his left. Being chased by Bosa. Now throws it deep across the field near side. Jump ball It's caught by Hopkins at the 10 and tackled at the nine-yard line. Kyler Murray threw that ball outside the numbers on the far side to the near sideline. 5.20 to go. Cardinals lead 10-7. Can they put him away? Can they get a touchdown? Snap to Kyler. He throws a fade left side in the end zone. And it is caught for a touchdown by DeHop. DeHop caught it with Josh Norman draped all over him trying to pull the ball away. What a great catch by DeAndre Hopkins. Broke the sickles out on the fade and stabbed the pig out of the air and brought it in. Man, at some point, when you've got dudes who are just better than the other team, that's enough. Yeah, the D&D hop standing for dominant, and in that case, deciding touchdown. That was the winning margin, 17-10. Cardinals get the win against the 49ers. What did Cliff Kingsbury say after the game? There's sometimes where you just throw away the play sheet. And the best play is just your quarterback to your best player on offense, and that would be DeAndre Hopkins in that sequence right there. The big jump ball catch, and then the back shoulder where he wrestled it away from Josh Norman. Six grabs, 87 yards, and he passes Larry Fitzgerald, by the way, for most receptions ever in NFL history by a player before the age of 30, DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. Yeah, how about that? As we were talking earlier, Paulie, it was a great thing to actually see those two guys in particular, those two offensive players, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, take this game over and just start making plays, plays that matter, plays that actually allowed them to win the game. And think about it, they took over the ball then after that touchdown with four minutes and 12 seconds to play. They ended up with two first downs. They ended the game, that four-minute offense. Kyler, 22-31. He leads the NFL right now in completion percentage, 75% plus. And he's just doing those little things. you know. And we've talked about it. And then this week on the Pash Pod, did you catch GM Steve Kime talking to Dave Pash about where he's seen the most growth from Kyler Murray? He's done a fantastic job, in my opinion, growing in a lot of different areas. Two things, pre-snap and post-snap, the things he can do with his eyes. You start to see him manipulating safeties and defenders where he can look off and locate secondary and third options, whereas before it might have been one, two, and then run. How about that? That's from episode 12 of the Dave Pash podcast featuring the Cardinals GM Steve Kime. It's available now wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest updates on the Dave Pash podcast, follow along on Twitter at Pash Pod. Your reaction, Wolf. 
You know, Polly, obviously we've been talking about Kyler Murray and the development of Kyler Murray and how he's beating teams with his brain now. And that really is what Steve Keim is talking about, I believe, right there. But I will tell you right now, the Arizona Cardinals offense, the best defense the Cardinals might have is their offense this week in Cleveland. Because, Polly, I'm telling you right now, the Cleveland Browns are going to line up number one rushing offense in terms of everything you could possibly imagine. Everything. Think about everything, Polly, in terms of running the football. They're number one in rushing yards per game and number one in rushing yards per play and a whole lot more than that. And if you put the tape on and watch them, this is the best offensive line, in my opinion. They're run-blocking offensive line, the best run-blocking mm. offensive line in the league. They're going to line up and they're going to hammer the ball. The Arizona Cardinals have really struggled at times to stop the run. Now, I realize in the first game of the season against the Titans and Derrick Henry, they rose up to the challenge and shut them down. But listen, the best thing the Cardinals can do is score points. Score points, Paulie, with that offense right now. Get a two-possession lead in the second half and try to force the Cleveland Browns to be one-dimensional where they throw the ball with Baker Mayfield. You stick him in a three-dimensional offense where he can run it, throw it, and use play action. Now, all of a sudden, they're a different offense, Paul. So, to me, if the Arizona Cardinals offense can somehow, some way, post some points on this very good Cleveland Browns defense, man, that would go a long way to actually helping out the Arizona Cardinals defense defend the Browns. Yeah, because the Browns passing game... Uh, it is nothing to write home about. OBJ, their number one receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., has nine catches on 19 targets. That chemistry just doesn't exist between the quarterback and the number one receiver. So think about it. If you're Cleveland's offense, just flip it. What's the best thing you want to do? You want to run the ball. You want to control the clock. You want to keep Kyler Murray off the field. Yes. So you can flip that. Now let me ask you this question when it comes to the Cardinals defense, because you're right. The Browns are number one in every single rushing category. (laughs) Don't make me list them again because there's at least a half dozen of them. Just brutal. So think about this, though. The Cardinals defensively, 28th overall in rushing yards allowed. Yes. 31st in yards per carry allowed. Yes. Yet they're surviving on their third down, fourth down percentage, which is around 31%. All right? They've been stellar in those money situations. They're number three in the NFL in takeaways. And, and forced fumbles, they're number one. So, Wolf, is this sustainable? A Cardinals defense that's the number six scoring defense despite being lackluster against the run. Yes, Paulie, I do believe that it is as long as the offense continues to score points the way that it is. Now, I know you could go back to the 49ers game and say the most recent game they played right there, the Cardinals only scored 17 points, and somehow, some way, they found a way to win the game, and they did. And their defense played very, very well in critical situations, but... Having said that, you're not going to face a rookie quarterback every week making his first start, and that's what Trey Lance was doing. He was starting for the very first time in the National Football League, and I think the the Cardinals benefited from that. Now, to me, this is this is a situation where Baker Mayfield in the right offense can definitely hurt you. This is going to be a bigger challenge for them. There's no doubt about that. But, Paul, the way they run the ball, it is amazing. Rundown situations, first and ten, second and one to six. They put Baker Mayfield under center 
Uh, the vast majority of the time, he's under center, and that's because they want Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt running downhill towards that line of scrimmage. The Cardinals' box has got to be at its best. It's very, very similar to what they saw against the Titans, and that's why I'm kind of encouraged about this. Even though they're facing the best offensive line, I think, they've seen all year long, and the two best running backs they've seen all year long. I, To me, I, I think it's really going to be okay because – They've already faced Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans and Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons with that experience playing a lot more downhill, Paul. Well, it's not nearly as complex as going against McVay and Shanahan. Yes. Vance Joseph talked about that today, that every single call had two or three subcalls underneath it that they had to be ready to check into, and that's why Jordan Hicks got 100% of the snaps. Now, it's not nearly as complicated against this Browns offense, right. although it was interesting to hear Zach Allen say that when the quarterback's under center, it's more of a guessing game by the defensive front, where if you're trying to run the ball out of shotgun, that really, you only have one way to go if you're the running back. That's opposite of the side you're lined up on. So that was interesting to hear as well. No, Paulie. Ding, ding, ding. He's right on it as well. And it's the reason why this is the area the Cardinals offense can expand the most. Kyler Murray under center. Hey, a reminder, episode four, Cardinals Folktales, entitled Drafting Jake, available now on the Cardinals YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Cardinals. It's a look at the Cardinals' 1997 drafting of the hometown Tiro local legend Jake Plummer at ASU. You can also download an original podcast version of the story by searching Cardinals Folktales wherever you get your podcasts. For Jim Omohundro and Cody Fincher, special thanks to Cardinals D-Lyman, Zach Allen, for Ron Wolfley on Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Number one, Kyler Murray! You've been listening to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.